Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, quote the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you on this oh, such a sweaty day? Dun, 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 dun. You make my balls drip along. Dun, dun, <laughs> dun. Then, well, there's something wrong. We go home. <laughs> Always makes me think of train spotting. I know. Yeah, when he has yeah. an overdose. Yeah, you see the baby, a dead baby crawling on the ceiling. Ooh, terrifying. You know, it actually makes me think of comic relief. Or was it Children in Need? But it was in, in the UK in the in the mid-90s. There was a sort of mass cover of Lou Reed's Perfect Day done by loads and loads of different celebrities and singers and pop stars. And I always remember uh, Tom Jones just being like, okay, I get, because everyone gets one line. And Tom Jones was like, I'm going to do all of the singing in this line. Oh, it's such a perfect day. He really goes at 11. I was me and my friends always used to say that about Christina Aguilera in the uh, Lady Marmalade song. You know, at the end when she's like, they're doing the roll call. And it's just like uh, <laughs> pink. And she's like, hey, pink, hey, pink. And then it's like, Mia, Mia. There's like, Christina, Mia. She, goes, like, <laughs> she tries to hit every single note. She's like, this is my last chance. I need to hit all of the notes. Trying to sing over little Kim at the same time. Uh, oh, but I am also, of course, it is hot. But I am also excited, Luke. Why? Because tomorrow is Cinemania. We have developed a partnership with Cineworld. We were going to do this a long time ago, but, you know, worldwide events. So we've finally been able to get on Cineworld's YouTube channel, Cineworld, like one of the biggest cinema chains in the world. And we're going to be running a Quizzlemania movie version. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be on it, but I'm going to be in the chats chatting away. Uh, Luke and Laurie are actually competing. Adam's hosting. And, yeah, this is this is a big deal for us. So yeah, I would, this is just sort of a, because we all love movies, you know, a lot of our backgrounds in film. I did film at university. Luke did film, animation, I, I, media I, I did studies. I did, I did, uh, yeah, entertainment technology, but I've made films when I got out of university. Exactly, yeah. And it would, you know, we love wrestling. We also love movies. So it'd be really good if you wonderful podcast listeners could just do a little bit of supporting head over to Cineworld's YouTube channel, slam dunk the little subscribe button, and, uh, you know, watch watch the stuff we're going to make over there, starting from tomorrow at 3 p.m. UK time. Yes, dead, dead excited for that. Uh, looking forward to... I, I may have lost my Quizzlemania crown, but there's a new prize in sight, and I will become the first ever Cinemania champion. The inaugural... Well, you've got stiff competition. It's not just Laurie. You've got Amber Dwight Thorne. I don't know if I'm saying that right. And Daniel L. 
It's like Daniel J. Layton, who's been hosting a few movie-themed quizzes himself. Mm. So he yeah, might have right. all the answers. Yeah, I, I, I think he might be. And he's, you know, they've both said that they're quite competitive. Um, and actually, Daniel's also a wrestling fan as well. He's got mm. a little money in the bank briefcase behind him. So but anyway, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about that in the outro portion of this podcast, because there were, I mean, there were a couple of big debuts. Two ex-WWE stars made their debut on on this uh, week's Dynamite. Um, and we'll get into that all in the main show. Here it is. He was released by WWE in mid-April and after three months of sort of, you know, working out, it seems, and eating all the protein powder because, my word, is he looking in good shape. He turned up for AEW on last night's episode of Dynamite coming to Cody Rhodes' savior to rescue. I should have said rescue. I'm Ollie Davis. This is Luke Owen. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite review where we're opening with this this news that Matt Cardona, as we're now going to call him, is officially in AEW after being teased for just ever, really. Cody has been very public about how he wants his very good friend in real life, Zack Ryder, to come and join him in AEW. And now he's here. And it was just kind of like a bit in in yeah. the middle of the show. <laughs> yeah, so this was following the Cody uh, Warhorse match. I, actually, I think that the Warhorse thing was a really nice red herring because, because it was Warhorse no one was talking about like a potential ex WWE guy showing up to answer the call or anything. And I think, you know, a lot of the chat was around, will AEW sign Warhorse. So I think bringing Matt Cardona into this point here was be like, Oh God, actually. Yeah. I, I didn't think of doing that. I, d- I didn't think they were going to do that at this point. So I thought it was actually a very clever red herring uh, on AEW's part. With that said, I think if we're going to put sort of a money on the table of what we think is next, I think it's going to be Cody versus Matt for the TNT title at All Out. I think Cody will likely win, and I worry that Matt will just become another Sean Spears. Yeah, yeah, the Sean Spears is the sort of specter of, um, you know, people who have gone from WWE to AEW, and sort of in WWE, there's all this potential of being a really talented over with a portion of the audience wrestler who's not really booked to the extent of their abilities, but it's a big pond there to this smaller pond where I would argue that maybe not the the level of talent overall is better than WWE, but certainly the way they are presented. And then when everyone's being booked to, to a very good degree, you kind of need to stand out a bit more. And I think, you know, mm. Sean Spears, as great as he is, it, he's not on he's not on the level of a lot of the other guys on the roster and and i don't know how much of that is because of the wwe fallout we haven't seen it with ftr we haven't seen it with the revival they have really established themselves as a top act in this tag division but with sean spears luther might be another one i just kind of but the but yeah zach Ryder now matt cardona it's going to be tough to shake that, like, you know, a decade of being told that he is a jobber. 
Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Before I do, there was a comment I just wanted to bring up here, which was, uh, Ollie, please fix your hair. Your Superman curl is madly distracting. Don't you like it? It's So I've got a, it's a hot day here, and I've got, I can touch the fan. I'm touching the fan. And look at it. It's like, it's <laughs> like nice. the last strand of hair is trying to escape from my head. Uh, yeah, I think you're, you're actually right. Like, if this was, if this was Zack Ryder jumping to the competition like if it was Zack Ryder jumping to TNA in 2010 2011 when like Z true Long Island story was at its hottest then I think that's probably why the revival FTR still feel like they are they've sort of established themselves as a top actor because they're still riding their wave of like internet popularity of the internet being like man what a madly underutilized team in WWE what idiots they were for letting them go Zack Ryder, on the other hand, Matt Cardona, has unfortunately been, as you say, been treated like a joke. But I mean, not even like after Z True Long Island Story, while Z True Long Island Story was becoming a big internet sensation, they were still treating him like a joke because they didn't like him. They didn't like the fact that he got over and so punished him for doing so. So he's been treated like a joke, you know, for 12, 15 years. It's really sad because it's not Zack Ryder's fault that the most over he's ever been in his career, when he was arguably in his prime, I don't know how old he is now, but if he's a similar age to Cody, it'll be, I'm just trying to Google this. He's 35. You know, that's... Ooh, same age as me. Yeah, so he's, he's not in like the early, but, you know, when he was getting over, he was in his early 20s, which is quite an exciting time to have a new talent but he's not he's he's essentially in a veteran part of his career now but he hasn't got all of that good body of work beforehand outside of the internet show to sort of carry him through now so it's it is such a shame that we're that wwe has booked him into this position even when he leaves wwe and I think AEW know this, and I think they've been very smart because this wasn't a big show-closing angle where Matt Cardona runs in to save Cody. Wow, look, Cody's here because we did that with Jake Hager on the first episode, and I still argue that that wasn't good. It really I, sort I, of... And, and I think now we know why it didn't feel that good is because it was supposed to be Gallows and Anderson. Yes, like you know, which they've said in their talking shop podcast, it was supposed to be them. They were supposed to be the big episode one debut, which has been why, like you know, Jack Swagger didn't quite feel as as big time as Gallows and Anderson. Yeah, uh, but the it, I think AEW know that this isn't a big deal, really. That Matt Cardona is unfortunately not past it, but he has. He's stale. He's got loads of baggage. Yeah, like it's it's it was hard. It seemed for the AEW audience to accept the revival as a decent tag team from the offset, uh, but that's thankfully changed very quickly. But with Cardona, you know, he's not got like this great body of work where I can point to this match or that match and say, "Man, that was a, a, a five star classic," or, or even like four and a half. So it's. It, this is a very in-ring work-based company, and I, I'm not writing them off because you know I really, really like the guy. I was obsessed with the true Long Island oh, no, story. I, <laughs> uh, I had the T-shirt. I had the coat. 
brush your hair. I can't. Well, now I can't remember any of the catchphrases. This is why I lose at Quizzlemania. My long-term memory is no good. Thanks. Well, it, was also, it was also 10 years ago when WWE did have something that was quite potentially hot that the crowd wanted and were like, nope, don't, you're not having that whatsoever. They had a show in Long Island and didn't book him on that show at the height of his popularity. Yeah, it's a real, real shame for Zach or Matt, rather. I'm going to have to get used to this for a bit. Yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, so what might they do with Cardona now, now that he's here, in an effort to shake off that baggage? You reckon, what, he turns on Cody? Is this like I, a respectful I, feud? I think you could turn him here. Like, I mean, I, it does have the shades of the Sean Spears feud from last year, which is that Spears came into the company. He was Cody's mate, this, that, and the other. And then he does the big heel turn and then they have a match at all out. But like, yeah, and so there will be shades of that, but I still think you can do it with Cardona as well. And he does the heel turn next week on Cody. You build to their match at all out and completely repackage him try something new because you know he's been babyface forever so you come in fresh coat of paint why not try something new yeah and i think of all the people cody is going to be so motivated to get cardona over because they're very good friends in real life and look cody puts over people he doesn't even know he's like pathologically obsessed with making the other guy look amazing in the ring uh, I agree with you, though. Cardona should not be taking the title off of Cody. Um, I So I've got or, another suggestion. Or, may, or oh. maybe he could. Maybe he could. Maybe he's... I mean, I wonder if Cody's learned his lesson from not putting Sean Spears over it all out, which I still think was the wrong call. That, mm. you know, maybe he's going to put Matt over it all out and give him the title. Oh, yeah, I don't know. But is is Cardona someone you want to put over at the expense of Cody and the TNT championship. Cause it's not just Cody. You'll be, you'll be affecting there unless Cardona is like this incredible run in the next four weeks. This is your TNT championship. It's a new yeah, belt. Right. You want to protect that lineage in the offset. You want those you're big title right. reigns. Um, so here's my other one. I think, I think you're right. I think, you know, they could just work on the brotherly feud of respect. That's another way to take it, but it is kind of more of the same for Ryder. So, yeah, I think a heel turn would be the most intriguing there. But what about Cardona going into a feud with the Dark Order who have their tentacles everywhere on AEW at the moment? I love it because there's this resentment with the Vince McMahon style character. Mm -hmm. And they're Absolutely. facing Dark Order. And they're facing Dark Order next week. So if you are going to put Ryder into that group, then yeah, like next week makes sense. And you're right, you've got that sort of the he's not a Vince McMahon character though, Ollie Davis. Like Sorry. I think it's been it's been made abundantly clear at this point. It's not a Vince McMahon parody. You're totally right. I don't know what, what came out of my mouth there. It's a mafia Dom personality. Exactly. I watched all of uh, Netflix's New York mafia oh, documentary is it good? it's you know what everything nothing's as good as tiger king now because they, had, <laughs> <laughs> because they had so much footage of tiger king happening in real time that watching mm. any i haven't been able to watch other documentary series since really uh but it's interesting they do spend a lot of time on the law enforcement side though when i'm just like tell me more about the prostitution and the racketeering. I want the bad guy stuff. But yeah, uh I, I think this I'm I think there's a story to be told with Cardona 
embodying the fan base's rage against a lot of people being let go by the other company in the pandemic, which Brody Lee and the Dark Order could be a proxy for. But I to- I also understand why you would not want to go that route. Yeah. Before we get into the Super Chats, though, um, I think it's probably worth us talking about the other ex-WWE star that debuted on this show. So I don't know who you're talking about here. I didn't think you did. Dude, do you know, who's Nyla Rose's tag partner? Oh, Cameron. <laughs> Dude, the only reason I bring it up is like someone sent us a message on Twitter being like, I really think Cameron's the bigger draw here. So I, I thought we uh, might want to talk about, right. you know, the former Cameron, uh, Ariana Andrews uh, coming into mm. AEW. So wasn't she on another show, though? Was she not in a big battle royal at All Out? What it's a she? Dynamite debut, isn't it? Not an not an AEW debut. I don't know. Was she in the Battle Royal? I oh, I can't remember now. <laughs> you you, uh, you start doing super chats. I'll have a look. <laughs> I just want to watch um, the Stone Cold Steve Austin GIF though. I was gonna say. <laughs> can't talk yeah, about gonna, that again. I was gonna say the reason why. Like, I mean, I I don't want to be. I you remember when like you said that Alicia Fox isn't very good, and you really upset the Alicia Fox fans. She's not I, good. <laughs> I don't want to be that person that gets the wrath of the the Cameron fans because I imagine that they are out there. But Cameron is responsible for one of my favorite moments in wrestling history where live on an episode of Raw, she tried to pin someone that was face down (laughs) on the mat and then argued with the referee. Um, No, I I must have got it wrong. Uh, I thought I heard that on commentary, but no, there's nothing on her Wikipedia page at least. So yeah, she's not been she been resting on the indies in the interim because on here it says 2016 was when she finished up wrestling uh it's i mean we'll talk about aw and the women's division i'm sure oh yeah you got more spicy hot takes than that have you no it's just the continued spicy take it's the same (laughs) spicy take Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Amorons.
right. Anyway, so let's see what you've got to say about this in the super chat. Uh, once again, we've got very sensible fonts uh, in the super chat. You love to see it. Um, Nothing worse than dry chicken says, I would imagine that Sean Spears and Zack Ryder are so busy outside AEW, they don't want to be nothing more than good mid-carders. Are Sean Spears and Ryder really busy outside of wrestling? Well, Zack Ryder's got his own podcast, a very successful podcast as well. Yeah, but AEW doesn't have a house show circuit. They, well, No one does at the moment. It's fortnightly tapings for a couple of days. I'd, I'd, I don't think any any wrestler is going, oh, I'm, I, I just want to be a mid-carder, especially after oh. being in WWE like that. Look at Miro, though. Miro's just said he's not done, but which, by the way, I think is a huge work. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see him at Bound for Glory. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going <laughs> to... Uh, Dave Hando, my first super chat. Just wanted to say hi to the boys and thank you for all the work they've done over the COVID period. I'm looking forward to Matt Cardona in AEW. Definitely intrigued, and I really, really want the best for the guy. He seems he seems like a genuinely lovely bloke. He's been dealt such a terrible hand with how he was treated when he genuinely got it. He got over in the early days of like the internet wrestling fandom all by himself. That is incredible. Like oh, that, it's, that, it's amazing. I can't and believe like, how he did it. And this was a period of time as well where WWE could not get people over when they were trying. Like then they were actively trying to get people over and could not do it. And so Zach went out and just did it on his own and WWE punished him for doing so. Mm. so it was so frustrating. Cody said in the interview last year when he said he wanted Zach Ryder more than anyone from the WWE roster on AEW, he said, anyone who gets himself over like that can do it again. Mm. And, you know, I, I really, really hope that's the case. For me as a fan right now, or if I was watching as a casual with no knowledge of any of this, I would just go, oh, that's Zack Ryder. But hey, he looked in great shape. We didn't talk about how, how good he looked. Apparently, uh, Spears has a wrestling school. Of course, Spears has a wrestling school. He's got with Tyler Breeze. A lot of quite a lot of people have wrestling schools. I I don't mm -hmm. think they'll be going. Oof, mid cards fine for me, thanks. I was going to say Team 3D had a wrestling school and were like the top tag team in Impact for and around and New Japan as well. Mm. Uh, Gabriel Caruso says, "I think Matt Cardona will have a show on the Travel Channel reviewing toys one day. He is the Guy Fieri of wrestling, and Guy Fieri is entertaining as hell. Let's see what happens with his character with creative control. Woo woo woo! You know it." Yeah, I, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Gabriel. I, I really, and I think we all do. Everyone wants the best for, for Cardona. Yeah, and there's also. Um, a, did you miss the Fermentado one? Uh, oh, I did. I do apologize. Which is uh, El Fermentado says, I think Cody will turn heel on Matt Cardona. So we're here talking about Matt doing the heel turn. Could be Cody that does it. That's not a bad idea, actually. Maybe that's the. I mean, the problem there is Cardona. Cardona is the one who needs the gimmick change. Um, but if if the larger plan here is to turn Cody heel, which he really is going in that direction and make that four horsemen lineup, then yeah, that, that could be a way around it. Absolutely. Uh, before we get on with the full play-by-play -play review of AEW, of course, keep getting, getting in your super chats because we will read out every single one of them. There should be a little link in the pinned comments. It's over there. That should be oh, the yeah. pinned comment right there because it's promoting 
Cinemania tomorrow. We announced this yesterday in Quizzlemania, where after this was meant to happen a while ago, but, you know, the world started to end. So we're doing it now. As of tomorrow, we will be making content for Cineworld's YouTube channel. Cineworld being one of the biggest cinema chains on the planet. And we, we, we're we really happy. We're, we're actually over the moon with this. I love movies. I studied film at university. So did Luke. Uh, Adam just obsessively goes to the cinema. Laurie loves Adam, film. Adam was in Kick-Ass. I didn't know this. Neither did I until yesterday. Was it? Is he just an extra? Yeah, he's an extra. Yeah, our Patreon exclusive Wrestle Talk After Dark podcast, where we do a lot of swears and stuff, and Laurie drops a hell of a lot of C bombs. Um, uh, we were talking about. <laughs> is what happens when I don't do that show. <laughs> it's like a license to cuss. We were talking about acting careers, and Adam said, "Like, yeah, I was in Kickass, and we even found the scene that he's in, and he's no. just a little scrawny, pale lad." <laughs> Um, but yeah, we, we are doing Cinemania tomorrow at three o'clock UK time. Uh, so it's a bit earlier than usual, folks. But it's a it's exactly like Quizzlemania, but just with movies. I, I'm not competing, although I think I could win this one. I am in the chat, so I'll be sort of moderating and talking to people. But yeah, Adam's hosting. Laurie and Luke are competing. And we have Daniel. Oh, no. No, I haven't got the names to hand. Oh, no. I've got Amber Dogthorne and Daniel J. Layton also competing, who are genuine influencers. Mm-hmm. And, you see, and you can see how serious I'm taking this because I'm not doing my usual thumbnail face. Can I'm you give to, the I'm thumbnail face people. for everyone? There it is. That it's gets on this fixed. thumbnail. <laughs> Shall we try and recreate the thumbnail right now in Vision? Oh, you mean... Should should we start doing three-second photography poses in the middle of the podcast? Uh, Right. So, yes, please do go over there and set a reminder for the event that the link should be somewhere. Oh, yep. And just before we get out of here, tomorrow's guest on the magazine show, it's me and a Russian star, Xenia. And we're going to be talking about whatever is in the Observer News. (laughs) I like that, Luke. Bring that Luke back on the image. This one. <laughs> How have you gotten so smiley? That doesn't stood, look like, like you. That was a photo. I was, I'm stood next to you in the original photo. It was, you know, backstage of the WrestleGate show, the last one we went to. No and we had to go, we had to do those photos together for, I can't remember why we did them, but like you and I were just doing lots of posing and stuff. Always good. Um, and glamour so shots. I, I basically cropped you out and put someone a lot prettier in. It's a it's a definite improvement on the on the image, uh, but yes, yeah, stay tuned for that tomorrow. Um, we might have a little bonus show as well going up on Wrestle Talk Clips with me to talk about the uh, the, the quarterly earnings. It's today! It's today! Q two, Q two. I'm so excited! I'm so excited about the what excuse they're going to use. I reckon. I reckon they'll admit. I reckon they'll say. <gasps> Yeah, no. we're, in, we're in a bad state right now, and here's the thing: they can't. What else can they blame it on? COVID. 
yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. And also, like the last time I was chatting with Brandon from WrestleNomics about this, WWE have saved so much money during this period, not just by getting rid of a load of people. They're not paying anyone to travel. They're not mm. paying anyone. They're not buying. They're not renting out arenas. They're not shipping equipment everywhere. They, yeah. they, they've got literally no overheads for filming TV at the moment. So they're saving a load of money a week to week. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yes, uh, the, we've got loads of content going up tomorrow in short. But of all of them, please do go over to Cineworld's YouTube channel. Click the subscribe button and join us over there at three o'clock UK time. But right now, let's do AEW Dynamite. This episode kicked off with the Inner Circle versus Jurassic Best Friends match. So a huge 10-man tag. One of the more anticipated matches on the show. Unfortunately, it wasn't... It just never really got there, did it? I, I think outside of the uh, the tag title match, I don't think many of the matches really delivered on this episode like i mm. thought that this match was good the cody warhorse match was good the main event was good but i thought the the, the dark order uh omega hangman page was awesome um but like it was this match i was really stoked for but it didn't really everyone did their big moves everyone did some big dives and stuff and luchasaurus got the win matt hardy um interfered at the end so it turns out the regular matt hardy does have a problem with sammy guevara like i i thought that was the story that they that he didn't have a problem turns out he does um and it was you know it was it was good it was it was good hmm. yeah and and unfortunately AEW have set themselves such high standards like the episode last week was one of the best episodes of all time of, of Dynamite's run so far. And before then, they had the three mini pay-per-view events as well, the TV specials. So just this, like, excellent run of television. And this was a really, really good card on paper. And, you know, it's it's not like it was a bad episode. This, no. uh, this was just an average episode. But mm -hmm. it still had, you know, Zack Ryder debuting at this excellent Dark Order angle with Omega Cameron. and Paige. It had Cameron, people. It had... <laughs> What I might, what I think outside of the Omega Moxley match, the most hardcore spot in Dynamite's or AEW history as well, which was mm -hmm. the, the sort of final spot where Darby Allen, using a skateboard with thumbtacks underneath, did a ground it or did, with a stomp onto Ricky Starks' back off the top rope. Yeah, it was, it was crazy, man. Absolutely, yeah. it was nuts. Uh, but still, it was unfortunately, but yeah. I was just, I was a bit underwhelmed overall. And I don't know if that's on me or if that's AEW's fault for being so bloody brilliant for a month. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as I said, like, I thought this as a, as a 10 man tag, it was, it was fun. I, you know, I did, I did have uh, a good time with it, but it wasn't like the big blow away match I was kind of hoping it would be. And like AEW are very high still on this Jericho Cassidy feud, which I think is really Jericho is like, pushing this forward is like he's the guy that you know he really wants to work with cassidy at the moment because we also got a segment with them later on they've announced like two weeks worth of segments with jericho and cassidy so they've they're still very high on pushing this and they still think that it is going to be the ratings draw. i almost i almost feel like jericho wants to to prove a point 
that it can be a ratings draw because they did get beat by NXT when they had it on. Yeah, it's I Jericho's a genius, and but even geniuses are going to misfire occasionally. And the thing is, on paper, and I think this is probably why Tony Khan has signed off on it for what seems like two months now of, of a program, is Orange Cassidy was getting crazy high numbers in his segments. Jericho is one of the most consistently high-drawing acts on AEW2. Put them together, makes total sense. They had their match. That was good. Uh, it was really good, actually. But that was kind of the blow-off there. Orange Cassidy, like I've said before, is a gimmick that is always in danger of jumping the shark. And I felt like when you did the Jericho match, now you've got to pull back from him for, for a couple of months, especially when there's no crowd to sort of do all the reactions to his low effort spots as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because like when he was in there doing the, the low effort super kicks on Hager and the crowd on the outside weren't going along with it. Oh, oh, like it it misses that like he does need that live crowd in there to really like his match with pack at revolution would not have been the same match with in this sort of like empty era covid era of of aew it wouldn't have been the same yeah i i think we're in danger of orange cassidy's joke getting old and that's what i was worried about a couple of weeks ago uh especially with jericho's point yeah yeah (laughs) maybe he's just trying to bury him <laughs> a WWE tactic. Uh, and so I, we'll talk about a few criticisms of the episode overall because after, aside from this match, which I thought was the most underwhelming thing, there were two strains, and that is, I thought the crowd atmosphere was quite lacking compared to mm-hmm. normal. It sounded quiet. Um, and the other thing is JR on commentary. Oh God, salty JR tonight. I. Here's me. I, I'm speculating. This is speculation station. Pull in to to speculation station. I think Jr. was saying all throughout the day there needs to be two refs for this ten man tag. Like I think for this match to make sense, there needs to be two referees. And someone said no, and so he <laughs> just decided to bury everything on the show. Mm. Yeah, like, that's just that's just my theory because like he wouldn't shut up about those two refs. And like later on, they announced a 12-man tag. It's like, well, there better be two refs in that match. I think that dynamic works if he's color. But he wasn't. Because Excalibur was off, he had to be play-by-play. And it, it, it I, I, you know, I love JR. I grew up with JR's voice in my head. When I think of commentating, it's JR in there. Like, he's still doing the play-by-play on everything for me. But that was a long, long time ago. And now he's a color commentator guy. He just can't, he's, he's too grumpy for, for some reason. He just decided to go down the grumpy path at one point in his career, which is great to create that tension on the commentary team with other players, but it's not to be the lead guy. Uh, Excalibur, you know, I, they haven't issued a statement as why he was missing, but Around the same time, those clips resurfaced of an angle he shot over 15 years ago where he used the N-word, um, which is, it is what it is. Uh, so it would be a shame for Excalibur to not return, as I think I really missed him on this show. Yeah, and as, as much as I loved Taz, I you know, and I really enjoyed Taz on commentary, then the voice I was missing the most on this show was Excalibur. Like, I think Excalibur would have been really, really key to getting that Cody Warhorse match over. 
Yeah. Well, that, yeah, I, Taz did a good job, I thought. I thought he really got mm-hmm. Let's talk about that, actually, because we got a really good John Moxley promo talking about the Tornado Tag main event. Cuts back to the commentary team, and Taz is like, he's terrified. He's terrified of Brian Cade. But then we did get Warhorse versus Cody Rhodes. Warhorse billed as weighing 4,000 pounds of raw heavy metal and is here to rule ass. Oh, he rules ass, does Warhorse. I actually, like, yesterday I had a, like, a little bit of time, so I, I watched like some Warhorse promos. And it was, I mean, if, if, you, if you didn't see the show or you don't uh, know who Warhorse is, like, I, I'm not massively familiar with his work. He reminds me a bit of, this might be a, quite an obscure reference, but there was a band I was massively into when I was at university called Arno Corpse, who were a heavy metal band who all of their songs were based on Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. <laughs> that like, it was Total Recall, it was Commando. But their backstory was, because um, I was actually part of their forums and everything, I used to speak to them. Their backstory is that they're not based on Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. They're based on the the stories that they were told as youth of these mythical creatures. So these are just like they're they're mythical stories that have been told to them throughout their childhoods. And they're now singing these songs about them. They don't know what an Arnie is or who an Arnold Schwarzenegger is. And Warhorse is a little bit like this because he is an ultimate warrior. He's an ultimate warrior parody, but he does not know who the ultimate warrior is. I love that. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. I, I, well, what did you think of Warhorse in this match? Because I, I liked him. I, I, mm. I think he's got something. I liked his act. Do you know what he has got? He has got solid fundamentals. Like he does things, and he does things really smoothly. But it's elevated because, boy, howdy, he's dripping in charisma. Like he, because he's got this massive character. It's like the Ultimate Warrior, really. Ultimate Warrior was so limited in the ring but got massively over because he was this larger than life character. And that's what Warhorse does. Like Warhorse has made a name for himself on Twitter and, you know, on, on Instagram and on YouTube and stuff by being this huge character weighing 4,000 pounds of pure heavy metal. And it's just, it's, I, it, it makes his wrestling feel even better because he's, do, he's doing solid fundamentals, but they feel way better because he's also so charismatic. Yeah, I thought his uh, his facials are a big part of that too. I I, I felt the story, um, but ultimately, as as it should be, Cody beat him pretty easily. To be honest, uh, I like what they're doing with Cody now. I I was concerned every match was going to be Cody putting someone over in defeat in this twenty minute toe to toe battle, which sort of undermines when you do get a genuine threat uh, when you go twenty minutes. So this was after Sonny Kiss and uh, the really, really good match with Eddie Kingston last week, which I think is one of the better so matches in the, in the run so far. This was just a, a standard 10-minute, pretty decisive win for Cody, made him tap in the figure four. But it was still full of the character work that they've been doing with Cody. And it was all, you know, subtle stuff, which is, and he's been talking about this on, on Twitter as well, if you're following him there, which is that he didn't take this match seriously. And he wasn't taking Warhorse seriously. He was constantly burying him on online. He was kind of burying him in the match, not taking it seriously. Arn Anderson's there trying to get him to take this seriously. And Cody was then getting frustrated because he didn't take it seriously and then was being shown up. So he comes out this all more vicious style of Cody. So uh, although you're right, it was a more dominant victory than he has had in the past. I think it was completely the right call, but they kept up with that character work. Definitely. And it's not just viciousness. Like you said, it is the arrogance. 
he did the press up spot here. He mm-hmm. did, he, it was in the picture in picture ad break, but he, he did press ups after he went for a pin. That is straight out of Ring of Honor heel Cody or New Japan heel Cody. So he's, he's definitely going back to that well, and I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, then the Dark Order ran down. It was just no name ones, five and six, I think. And it was it was Reynolds and Silver because uh, five and ten are in the twelve. Oh minute, right, uh, they show. So it was Reynolds and Silver, and they beat up uh, Cody. That's what brought down Cardona. They'll all have a match next week. Uh, then we got the Inner Circle promo where Jericho laid out the next two weeks of Orange Cassidy uh, segments. The match in two weeks' time, but a special debate with a very high-profile moderator next week. I hope it's Lance Storm. <gasps> I hope it's Lance Storm. That's that's kind of like my fantasy booking of this, of like, can I be serious for a moment, Lance Storm? Because Lance doing that with Cassidy would be very, very funny. Oh, you've nailed it. <laughs> because he tweeted, uh, the like, last weekend, I think, first time in 35 years or whatever that I've been unemployed or like, you know, not working because he was a producer with WWE, but he was one of the releases and it seems like that was confirmed recently. Oh, I love that idea. I've heard Larry King's name being thrown out there. Oh, really? Or, Bloody hell. Or Mike Tyson. I don't think Mike Tyson would work though. Just storyline wise. Why would he come in to do this for Jericho? Doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah. Okay. I'm sold on Lance Storm now, though. Mm, uh, I, I hope it is. An excellent segment with FTR signing oh. their AEW contracts. So this was done earlier in the day, and they're sitting down in the room with Tony Schiavone and some AEW lawyer people, and they're like, we need a tag team specialist to go over this contract. In comes Arn Anderson. Oh. So, so great. And it adds more fuel to that four horsemen fire that Arn Anderson looked like he was almost managing FTR at this point and kind of like advising them on this. You pepper that with Tully Blanchard and Sean Spears watching their matches. It's really, really interesting. I'm, I'm really digging all of this stuff at the moment. Yeah, and they went through various points like tag rope and all, all the minutiae. I, I loved it. And then Hangman Page walks in to celebrate with them all, pours them all whiskeys, pours himself a massive one. They knock him back. How cool's that? Yeah, it was really cool. I like the fact that Hangman poured himself a massive glass of whiskey. They couldn't drink all of it. It was like, I poured a bit too much there. <laughs> it's so, like, it's just such good storytelling. And it's so subtle as well, this like yeah. friendship between FTR and Hangman Page, but not with Omega. And it's it's like stunningly simple. These guys like beer. This guy doesn't like beer. But that's the very superficial top part of this story. There's a lot more raging beneath. And it's like, what's so amazing is this isn't a story that's told through dialogue and, and, and scenes in a movie. This has all been told through non-verbal physical action and that blows my mind that you can have that level of comprehension over everyone's character dynamics and and what's motivating them purely through physical storytelling brilliant yeah absolutely loved it 
Um, the other thing, actually, I, was, I meant to mention this to you as well because uh, you mentioned it earlier that you thought the crowd was a bit quiet uh, in the the match. And like the next match that we had, which was uh, Dark Order versus Page and Omega for the tag titles, one of my notes was just like this would have been so much better with a crowd because like they could have popped for the near falls and stuff. Because I thought these two teams worked together amazingly. I thought they put out a really really good match as well. But I saw this on Twitter um, last week or a couple of weeks ago. Excuse me. We've nearly had as many episodes of Dynamite in the COVID era now as we have of the Arena era. No. Well, yeah, because that was October through to March was like the you know Arena era Dynamite, and we're now March into August of COVID era. That's insane, right? I was that blew my mind. Oh no! It's like it's like when you go. Kurt Angle spent more time in TNA than he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. <laughs> oh no! Well, okay, that's that is quite something. Yeah, it's amazing that they're still going from strength to strength. Then, God, imagine where this company would be if they had a crowd there too. They, I, I bet they'll be going. They'd be doing house show circuits. That was in the plans. We would have got a a London pay per view. We would have done. We would have better been over here, gutted, absolutely gutted. Yeah, uh, I, I love this company. I really, really do. I don't even care anymore. I'm not going to hide it. It's not my fault. I really, really enjoy this thing I've wanted for all my adult life. Uh, so speaking of adult life, Hangman Page turned 29 at the weekend. He's a young boy. Oh, and he's got the body of like a hero. <laughs> Ugh. Well, yeah. yeah, we'll get past that. And um, so well, the storytelling was from the get-go here. Not only was it really, really good action in the ring, I love Stu Grayson. I've I've even really gotten sold on Evil Uno as well and their whole act. Got the Dark Order outside. And then Hangman Page makes his entrance first. Kenny Omega makes his entrance because they enter separately. That's part of the whole story and the relationship between them. But Hangman Page has just gone for the Dark Order because of yeah. last week and getting sort of attacked by them. So he just goes for them. And Kenny's like, Kenny's still doing his entrance. And he goes, whoa, 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 what the hell? And he stops doing the entrance, which is such a bugbear for other storylines when wrestlers come out. No, I must do my whole entrance in NXT first before I help anyone. But Kenny runs down there right away. And he says to Page, like, what the hell are you doing? We're yeah. defending the tag titles. Why are you rushing into this, you hothead? Yeah, it was so, so great. And you couple that, you had Colt Cabana on commentary with uh, Brody Lee, man. The way he was just pacing back and forth and just staring at the ring, he felt like such a presence out there. It actually made me slightly worried for Grayson and Uno not winning. I was like, oh, lads, I hope you win this because you're going to get proper scolded by this very angry man that's up on the stage. Mm. The Colt Cabana stuff was brilliant, I thought. So he's on commentary and he's kind of saying, hey, I'm not part of the Dark Order. But the way he's talking, he's sort of defending the Dark Order and their actions in the ring. It's it's expertly told stuff. Talked about getting wins off the back yeah. of the Dark Order. He's just like, you know, since I've been teaming with Mr. Brody Lee, I've been getting wins. And, you know, he, he got that promo saying like, I this is how I'm getting on TV at the moment is by teaming with Brody Lee. The only thing that I think was a little bit of a sort of a downside to this, and it's kind of like indicative of, of AEW's women's division et al. Anna Jay was with them. Anna Jay was out there and barely shown 
Mm-hmm. That, like I think she got one shot to be like, Oh, Anna Jay's here. And then yeah. every shot where she was like possibly seen, Brody Lee was standing in the way of her. So like, like it was absolutely like they recruited her, what, 10 weeks ago. That's obviously, you know, it's hyperbole, but it feels like it was 10 weeks ago. They've done no backstage vignettes about it. And then she just came out with them. They made no song and dance about it. And she just stood there the whole time. Luke, Luke, what are you talking about? I'm sure they'll have something on their YouTube channel <laughs> at 6 p.m. on Monday. Not even oh, yes. dark. Not even dark. Uh, anyway, this was a really good match. Some really nice near falls. I never once thought Dark Order were going to win it, but I still reacted to some of the close yeah. pins. Oh, yeah. I, I loved this match. I thought it was great. Uh, so afterwards, of course, uh, Omega and Paige retain. Brody cuts this furious promo on both of them. Uh, he he get, like he sort of guides Colt Cabana to the back. He sends Anna Jay to like, can you like, you know, take a Colt to the back here because he doesn't want him to see what the Dark Order really is about. And he's just like, you know, we are in more places than you think. And all of a sudden, like, it's basically like, you remember the December 18th show that, yeah. made, to- that made Tony Khan really mad? I got, I got like echoes of that. Uh, all these, you know, like minions and creepers just appear from nowhere. And they're about to jump um, Omega and Paige. And then FTR, run- and, and the Young Bucks as well, and FTR run down to make the save. And then there's just this sort of awkwardness of these three teams just standing in the ring together. And I did think like, man, what a triple threat tag team match that is going to be. And then they announce, no, they're all teaming together next week to take on the Dark Order in this big 12-man tag. I was like, even effing better. Love it. Well, 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 draw is out. We need a couple more refs before I can possibly <laughs> get into that match. Uh, so just before <clears throat> we get on with the... It's quite fitting. We're just going to park the women's division before we get on with that. Because someone has jumped into the live chat. What do you have to say to this? Oh, sorry, I, 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 I hit your one. What was your one? Ah, uh, yes, oh. it's Sean Rossap is in the chat to talk about me being a former Quizmania champion. He also had a comment for you, which was, Ollie should join the Dark Order at this point. What, because I keep losing so much? Wouldn't that yeah. be great, though, if, if Brody Lee, our mate Brody Lee, came on <laughs> to sort of coach me to win? But, uh, you know, Sean, Sean beat me on Quizmania last night. The better man did win uh, on that. He, um, you know, he... Uh, he got he he was a better man and and I was it was a very close fought battle but he pipped me at the post well done to him maybe Sean could teach me how to win <laughs> he also he loves the cooler smashing gimmick of FTR which is great like they were destroying those coolers when they smash people with them the Sean order FTF Uh, so after that, we got the Brit Baker spoke to Tony Schiavone in her way and said that she is she's going to grant Big Swole a shot at her if she can beat an opponent of her choosing first. It's going to be Rebel, right? Yeah, or maybe it's another lady they'll debut and forget about. So Diamante took on Shida after this in a non-title match. Uh, Diamante didn't get a entrance; she got a. Th- a bit of a vignette beforehand. It was a bit mm-hmm. hokey, I thought. I quite liked it. Uh, and yeah, Diamante and Shida had a match. It was okay. And Shida won. 
So yeah, I mean, it, it sort of fell apart towards the end because uh, Diamante went to do her code red, and sort of rather than sort of flip yourself onto your back, she just sort of rolled. So they ended up just sort of rolling into the ropes, and time stood still for a while before they went to the finish. So it did fall apart to the end. It was I thought it was a good showing for the most part. Um, Diamante still in her LAX gear, um, but yeah, it was just this was your women's segment of the week. Yeah. Where all, all the women's stuff is jammed into one section. So, I mean, if if Tony uh, Khan does really look at the ratings and, and has decided women aren't a draw, maybe he's thought, well, let's take all the losses in one quarter. <laughs> so you get one 15-minute bit, it's fine. We'll get the viewers back afterwards. It's a real shame because they've got a lot of talented people there. Uh, and then they said, yeah, the women's tag team tournament which quite a few people have said to me, well, look, AEW are putting an effort into their women's division now. They outline the rules here, and it is exciting. You know, you've got the, the deadly draw format. The deadly print. draw. Yeah. That is cool. Well, I like that. Where people are just randomly put together in tag teams. That's There's so much ample space for stories there, just conflicts, because people are thrown together as odd couple teams, and sometimes that might work, sometimes it might implode. Um, but I am not optimistic because it kicks off at 6 p.m. on Monday on their YouTube channel. So you you and Pete talked about this last week, but like my overall feeling on this is that this is here for Brandy, right? Like this is because Brandy and uh, uh, I know you called her Emma for a second and Ali. They're the tag team that's in this tournament. They're the ones with the, the tag team storyline. And as soon as they announced like a women's tag team tournament World Cup thing, I was like, oh, right, for them. Mm. Like, because that's the only tag team story you've got going at the moment. So you have the whole, the whole tournament to kind of fulfill this storyline a little bit more. And maybe that's fine. Like, I think you can build storylines the rest of the way through. But like, I don't think that this is just like, I, I don't think that people can sort of hold this up and be like, ah, you see, they do care about their women's wrestling. You're wrong. They're doing loads of stuff. Because the other thing I wanted to bring up about this is the AEW action figures. We made the you know the comments when they first got released that there's only one female uh, wrestler in the first two waves, which is Brandy Rhodes, right? Well, they've now released like the next I've got here the next seven wave of figures. Okay, so this is the next seven waves of action figures they're releasing. Wave three, Jericho, Young Bucks, Darby Allen, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy. Wave four, Kenny Omega, Cody, Matt Hardy, Jake Hager, Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassidy. Wave five, Chris Jericho, Brody Lee, Lance Archer, Ray Phoenix, Pentagon Jr., Joey Janela. Wave six, Kenny Omega, The Young Bucks, MJF, Orange Cassidy, Scorpio Sky. Wave seven, John Moxley, Hangman Page, Pack, Sean Spears, Santana, Ortiz. We're not even at wait. Like, there's still no women wrestlers in their action figure line. Like, there's no Riho. There's no Nyla Rose. There's no Britt Baker. There's no Hikaru Shida. Like, there's none of them there. It's damning. I think it's a damning indictment of their strategy, and it's 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 so unfortunate because they themselves planted that flag in the sand that women's wrestling was going to be a linchpin in their promotion. But it hasn't been. No, it has not. Uh, so after that, though, the, 
I thought the the final part of this show was really, really strong. Uh, MJF State of the Union address was a thing of promo oh. mastery. Come, this was great. <laughs> this was. There were so many brilliant moments to this because it's like a you know it's twenty twenty presidential uh, campaign is in full swing, so they're doing a big presidential gimmick for mjf he's got like an mjf 2020 badge make wrestling great and all this sort of stuff we deserve better and he comes out and he's got this sort of team of pr people with him and he's got the hand gel and stuff and he's like rubbing his hands there's someone at ringside holding a fake baby for him to go and kiss and pose with and then when he, he kisses the baby hands it back to the person go, turns to his security guard who hands him the hand gel and he <laughs> drinks some hand gel and hands it back to them <laughs> goes and poses with a guy for a photo doing like the typical presidential pose. And then he gets into the ring and without really taking a breath, cuts one of the best promos of 2020. This was, I don't know if he's still here, but this was Sean Ross Sapp levels of great on Quizzlemania last night. This was, I, this was an amazing promo. Yeah. And, and it just started off seamlessly from his female aid giving him some notes, I think, some papers. And he just said to her, you should smile more. You'll be prettier. <laughs> like, so it was just such a douchebag from the get-go. And he, what I found fascinating here was how he... It's such a masterpiece of a wrestling promo because it wasn't just character-based. It wasn't just I'm better than you, usual heel face stuff that you would expect from these two sorts of characters. Because what he essentially did is, is launch his bid to become the AEW world champion and defeat John Moxley. Uh, and he, he framed this all around ideological lines. He said that he represents true wrestling and that Moxley, under Moxley's influence, so he's sort of casting the AEW world champion as a president of sorts, as leading the tone of the whole promotion. That style has trickled down and just made everything about high spots and hardcore. And MJF says, no, wrestling deserves better. Wrestling deserves me. I'm going to bring my style of wrestling here. And it's just so good because... It makes MJF look awesome. It makes John Moxley still look awesome in a different way. But it also makes MJF such a douchebag to, to declare himself this bastion of wrestling when he cheats so much. Yeah, and also, John Moxley won. He, he defeated Brian Cage with wrestling moves. Like, he has constantly shown over and over again that he's winning with wrestling moves. But MJF in this sort of like way to kind of like confuse the masses and be like, no, he doesn't. He just uses hardcore spots. That's what you remember. Not my champion. Mm. I love the line. He gets preferential treatment around here because he came from a land of Titans. Mm. Oh, such a good line. Yeah. Moxley is not my champion. Moxley is playing as a wrestler. And that is a stone cold fact. Oh, killer line. Killer right. line. Dictator Jonathan. Yeah, I, it's really, really, really strong stuff. And, you know, that the people... So not everyone's a fan of John Moxley and Dean, Dean Ambrose. Uh, you know, Adam's spoken about it on a few of the podcasts. I run hot and cold on him. It sort of depends what mood I am or his opponent is, like the strength of the program overall. Um, and all of the stuff that MJF said 
played off of those feelings. Mm-hmm. And that, ah, I can't. I just can't. I can't. <laughs> this was brilliant. It was brilliant. And yeah. it's gone from me thinking, well, MJF is probably, it's still too soon in his career to get a world champion shot at All Out because that's what it feels like it's building to. Certainly not a win. This promo was so strong. I'm I'm now going, is it too early for MJF to be the world champion? I don't know, man. Like I'm I'm kind of in agreement with you. Like, because he made a, you know, it's a challenge for all out, which is not that long away. You know, it's it's what September 5th. So we've got a month. Oh man, I'm this feud has already got off to a great start. And it's also been like, but it like it's a start, but it's also been building separately for months. Because mm. MGF has been on this ca- on this trail of being like, I've been ranked number one for ages. I'm undefeated in AEW, but I'm never getting my title shots. Meanwhile, you've got Mox against Cage and doing wrestling and doing all of this sort of stuff. And now these two paths are going to collide. That's really, really great. I'm loving it. Mm. Um, we should also mention that it was Nyla Rose who got paired with Cameron. Mm-hmm. Where's that in my yes. notes? Uh, it was after the uh, women's. It was after Diamante <clears throat> Shida, Nyla Rose, and Vicky had a backstage, uh, and uh, that's where we got the the Cameron debut. <laughs> I've said my only notes here are Nyla teamed with who? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't followed that up with. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Uh, and the the main event was really really fun stuff. Uh, Alan and Mox versus. Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, complete with Starks. a Taz promo beforehand, where Taz was just going, "Look at the pistons! He's he's traps are like pistons. It's like a video game, Cole." Uh, yeah, I thought uh, Starks had a really good promo as well. I think I really I thought this was good character work from Starks. I, I loved as well that they they built this whole thing that Darby was not going to be able to be in this match after Ricky Starks took him out last week. You know, shoving him mm-hmm. into the the ropes and that with the skateboard, and so like. They played his music, didn't come out. Moxley comes out and, you know, he's on his own. The commentator's like, oh my God, he's on his own. Brian Cage and Ricky Starks have been like, he's on his own. What a div. Taz, like, what an absolute knob. We're going to completely destroy this guy. Starks and Cage walk out. Darby Allen does the coffin drop off the top of the entrance ramp thing. And Taz on commentary goes, oh man, it was a trap. <laughs> Taz, is, Taz is really coming into his own. Well, not coming into his own. He was brilliant yeah. from day one, actually. He was uh, wonderful on commentary. I thought he yeah. was so good in this match. I, For a moment, I thought they were going to riff off of the previous match, the previous tag match where Moxley was beaten up, remember? And Alan had to wrestle the whole tag match by himself, give himself the hot tag. And I thought Moxley was going to have to do that, but that they did, that this was also very good. And they had a real pretty hardcore match. Uh, Tornado tag rules. Trash cans came out. And and the big spot that we've already spoken about was this excellent finish where Cage is going to try and stop Alan using the thumbtacked skateboard on Starks. But Moxley slides along the apron, catches Cage's arm, and yanks back into the arm bar as Alan gets the Ah, brilliant stuff. Yeah, loved it. And then they announced right at the end of the show that Tony Khan, off the back of that performance, signed a match. It's going to be Darby Allen versus Moxley for the title next week. Darby is ranked number, I think he's ranked fifth at the moment. So they they put it over as just like, hey, Tony Khan made this uh, decision off the back of this performance. Yeah, which is, you know, that's exciting. That's a really good 
thing to to put in at the end there. I don't think that's hot shot booking or anything or Championship Monday to pop a rating. I think that is generally just exciting, solid storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I I thought this was a overall like. There were some really good spots in this, like really good moments. I thought the Dark Order tag match with Omega and Page was great. And I'm loving that storyline. And MJF's promo was awesome. And the main event was fun. But like we said at the start of this, I thought it was a an average episode of the show. Like mm. I thought it was it was okay. It was pretty good. But like I think with AEW, their average shows are still better than a lot. And it was a really good two hours worth of TV. And I very much enjoyed myself. Yeah, three out of five AEW Dynamite might be a five out of five elsewhere. We have a ton of Super Chats to do, and we've already overrun quite a lot, so we'll speed through them. We haven't got any Patreon shout-outs today. So, uh, join the Luke Order. The Luke Order. Uh, They are... Who do you guys think the moderator for the Jericho Cassidy debate should be? Anyone Jericho knows in the past? I wonder. Hashtag join the Luke order. Hashtag Luke Owen is still my champion. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've put my stamp down for Lance, uh, Lance Storm. I mean, he's friends with Jericho as well. And I think the having Lance Storm as a producer backstage, like he's a great get because what an absolute great mind for wrestling and a really great trainer as well. I'd urge Lance to take a position there. <laughs> Uh, Miguel 8A I love the Warhorse versus Cody match happy to see him on TV sad they took the spotlight off him for the Ryder debut it was interesting that it was they Warhorse has gotten himself over on Twitter and they uh, instead brought out a guy who got himself on Twitter 10 years ago as the mm. uh, the big debut for the night interesting uh, Spencer O. Cantankerous JR brought this show down by a whole star for me. It felt like watching wrestling with a friend who actively hates wrestling. <laughs> I think, J- as I said, I think JR told- was told no. And uh, yeah, you got in a very bad mood. Nothing worse than dried chicken. Sean has a wrestling school. Yes, we. I think we mentioned that earlier. The Zornis. I missed Excalibur. I hope he's back soon. Love you. Love you too, Zornis. And yeah, we agree. Chris Blass. Hey guys, how are both of you today? Do you think that Cody will turn heel once he loses to someone for the TNT Championship? And if he if he does, I think it should be all out. What do you think? I think he should turn heel with the belt. I think a heel Cody with the title, that's where the money is, as opposed to him turning heel after losing. Yeah, completely agree. James Hanley. Fun fact, the last time we had two women's matches on the same card was double or nothing. And the tournament is so important that it's just starting on a random Monday. Can't even get a dark match. Random Monday. Yeah. Uh, Chris Petro. Hello, mates. Uh, I predicted that Cardona would debut in AEW by accepting Cody's TNT Open Challenge in surprise. Would it have been a better debut? Uh, no, I, I, to be honest, I prefer it. I personally, I, I kind of preferred it this way, as I said, because I thought Warhorse was such a good red herring that mm. it, it didn't feel like tonight was going to be a night where one of the ex WWE guys would debut. So I thought they, they kind of caught me, they completely caught me off guard, whether that's just me being stupid and naive, but I thought it worked. I think both have merits, but yeah, I, I long term, I think this was probably the better way to do it. Mm, yeah, uh, wrestling. Oh, I mean, dropped a pen. Wrestling miscellaneous. Uh, nothing worse than dry chicken says. Do you think the Rusev is really 
finished with wrestling or do you think he's hanging around uh twitch until the crowds come back stay safe sunglasses emoji i think it's exactly what you just said yeah yeah uh bobby stevens eric bischoff as the moderator (laughs) that would be a big get uh didn't eric bischoff and tony khan consolidate recently they did yeah Maybe. Hey, man. That, do you know what? Actually, that's a really good shout, Bobby. That's a really, really good shout. Um, Only if he's dressed as a vicar, though, and he can reveal himself <laughs> at the end. Uh, Amory Finch um, messed up the first super chat, but wanted to know your thoughts on why Ziggler isn't recognised as a Grand Slam champ, even though he's held all the singles and tag titles. Keep up the good work. I would <laughs> love you to go onto Twitter and ask Adam Blompier that question. Uh, probably because he hasn't held the universe. I don't know. No, it, it, it's basically so. Uh, the reason I said that is because on Quizzlemania they did a Grand Slam Champions thing, and I said Dolph Ziggler, and Adam said no, and people got quite hot about. This, this is when people liked me on Quizzlemania. Mm. Um, and the the reasoning before it is that he is a Grand Slam champion, but across two different rule sets because the rules changed when the uh. Universal Title came in. So he does need to win the Universal Title to become a Grand Slam champion, which is never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Santos, um, not every WWE guys needs to have a push when they come in. Let Matt be a backup to Cody since the elite is splitting up. Build a character that way. Yeah, I think that's that's doable. I personally would have preferred that with Sean Spears and FTR, though. Uh, but, mm. you know, maybe, maybe Cardona will work. Uh, yes. Um, Kanji Letters, I believe that might be. Uh, if you had to recast the movie Shaun of the Dead with employees from WrestleTalk, who would you cast for each main character? MJF for champion. Ooh. You've already got the Sean um, like little flick up, so yeah. clearly you you should be in the in that role, which means well, I'd have to be Ed. Yeah, but then you'd Ed's a bit mean all the time. Ed seems oh, like yeah. Laurie. Oh yeah, Laurie is a bit more of a, an Ed, isn't he? Who would you be? You'd be maybe uh, oh, Lucy Davis's character. I'm gonna say I'm not the bloody boyfriend, <laughs> am I? He's a right knob. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. We'll we'll come back to you on that. That's going to require too much time and thought. Uh, Michael Dominguez. Oh, sorry, you're doing the sub- super yeah. chat. So that's uh, okay, mate. I, I don't mind. Michael Dominguez. Uh, my eye surgery went well. Still hazy. Heart emoticon. Russell Talk family. Thank you, mate. Hope you I'm, are well. I'm happy for you. And he gives a shout out to the Russell Talk OGs, Jobber, Tomo, and Dan. Hashtag support each other. <laughs> they got their own little faction. Yeah, they're the Rust Talk OGs. Um, Jeffrey Pridemore, haven't been able to catch you guys live in months. Thank you for always producing great content. You guys are awesome. Here's my money. Thank, Thank you, you Jeffrey. Dave Hando, I'm so over WWE at the moment. They do the same thing over and over again. Nothing changes. Even NXT has gone the same way other than Keith Lee finally winning. They're looking for new writers, by all accounts. Uh, NXT, they're hiring for a new writer. Yeah, I think uh, NXT does have a WWE taint to it, uh, which is, I mean, you, you know, I I watch more AEW, uh, but when I check the the sort of Reddit comments and just the general engagement, it's it's AEW by by a multiples margin. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Brian and Vinny said this on, a, on an episode recently where they talked about how like all the stuff they're praising AEW for now is the same praise they were giving to the same things they were praising NXT for last year, but mm. NXT is just not doing those shows anymore. Yeah. Um, Amaril Finch. Thank you very much for your donation. Tay Boogie says uh, it sucks that NXT had two women's matches throughout the show, but AEW only has one 
five to eight minute match smashed between two other women promos. Totally agree. Yeah, in that regard, NXT are massively beating AEW. Like it's not even the same competition. Uh, King Rasta, aka Kyrie Saint's current boyfriend. Yo, guys, support Wrestle Talk. Hashtag wear a damn mask. Hashtag I'm talking to you, Florida. It's like uh, a lucha mask. Just think of it as a lucha mask. Masks are good. Uh, I've got mine right here. Ooh. Am I even wearing my mask? Yeah. Hold on. Mike D, it's my birthday today and I'm stuck in quarantine. Shout out to Luke and Ollie for another awesome review. Hashtag jam that jam. Jam that jam, Mike, and happy birthday, jam. Happy hope you birthday, get birthday to you. jam. Uh, the Zorni says, don't worry, peanut butter has protein. Ollie, you're our hero. So I joked about uh, eating peanut butter through lockdown while Cardona has gotten ripped. And I ate a load of peanut butter while filming the news today. I'm not thinking that was going to make my mouth very claggy for the remaining 10 minutes I had to film. Mm -hmm. It's delicious, though. (laughs) And some last-minute super chats have come in. Bacon Rasher just wanted to say thanks for everything, guys. Missed Quizzlemania, as was helping a friend last night, but all caught up now. Great showing, Luke. We do love SRS, but you are still Wrestle Luke to me. Thanks, guys. And Gabriel D says, I want to see Darby Allen versus Ricky Starks match so very much after that main event. So much. Oh, yes. Well, thank you and, all so and, much. And lastly, thank you to Dylan for Cork for your super chat and no message. Thank you very much. Nicely spotted. I missed that. Thank you, Dylan. And hello to Ashleen as well, I hope. Hello. Um, yes, that's all we've got time for today. Go over to Cineworld, please, and subscribe to that channel and set a reminder for the event. The link is in the description below. Oh, Richard Martinez, a repackage Lucha Luke for Quizzlemania champ. Maybe uh, that could be a gimmick change. Uh, go over to Cineworld because we've got the 3 p.m. Cinemania tomorrow UK time. Now, Ollie, on uh, Monday, or Tuesday, rather, we got sent this clip from Vinny. You got your sunrise, you caught a prize, you, you're making your Johnson. Very funny. Very, very good. Because it's dicks. Uh, because Johnson yeah. means dicks. Absolutely. Very, very good stuff. Thank you to the dozens of you that all got in touch to tell us what idiots we are. And it's actually, it's not a holiday thing. It's a boat company. The Johnson is the boat. (laughs) Sounds weird when you say it like that. The Johnson (laughs) is the boat. Yeah. It will get you where you need to go fast. it was Luke's email that just said, guys, this is for Johnson Motorboat. Look at the video. The motorboat is always in shot. Yeah, I don't think people are always in shot smiling. I never yeah. once saw that and thought, oh, it's obviously for a motorboat brand. Maybe because I don't see a lot of motorboat adverts out there. I'm well, surprised no, they made a video commercial. But in America, I think they might be slightly more common than they probably are here, where we don't really have, you know, large bodies of water. We're surrounded by a large body of water, but we've got like, you know, rivers and stuff that aren't really made for speedboats. They're made for lovely slow canal boats. They talk about Walthamstow marshes. That's, <laughs> you know, that's where a lot of London gets its water from. I don't oh, think you're allowed to get in there. <laughs> but anyway, 
the reason why I brought this back up is because I decided to have a little bit of fun with that advert. You've got your sunrise. You caught a prize. You, you make dick. Party nights, summer whites. You, your friends, and your hacker. Rooster tails, water trails. You, your kids, and your private. Saturday nights, distant lights. You, your girl, and your wang. You and your Johnson. A way of life for over 50 years. Excellent work. I, I you couldn't a- hear me. <laughs> my, my mic was muted, uh, but I was I was sniggering away there. Great Austin Powers reference. I had a bit of time before Quizzlemania last night. <laughs> you did, on one of the busiest weeks in, in months, <laughs> you still found the time that dick jokes do not wait for any, oh, any schedule. Been- I was, we were, because basically what we call it the waiting room uh, before we do Quizzlemania, which is where we all just get in just to make sure that everything is working fine. It's when Adam was probably at his sweatiest ever a couple of weeks ago when we weren't sure whether Wale was actually <laughs> going to show up. Um, but like, basically we were just all sat in there and I was just editing that in the background while also chatting to you guys and making sure that everything was fine. That is multitasking to the extreme. But, you know, we were all nervous last night because, first of all, Sean Ross Sapp showed up about three minutes before the stream, trying to big league us with his psycho tactics. But also, Rey Mysterio, what a get. Oh, man. Who'd, who'd yeah. have thought? Well, I mean, you do realize that it was Louis, right? I mean, oh. I know you, you left the stream early, but, like, right at the end, Louis revealed that it was him. Holy crap. Yeah, I know. I was surprised. I was as surprised as you, I mate, that it was not Rey Mysterio. Because now thinking back on it, it's weird how, you know, hindsight works. He did have an English accent mm. and he did yeah. look like Louis. And he was oh. in what looked to be like Louis's bedroom. Uh, I, I didn't even think about the background. I was just all, I just saw the mask. I yeah, just saw did, the mask. He did trick us quite easily. You know, I say quite easily. He did trick us very well by saying that he was in Dominic's room. I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? That does make sense, though. That does look yeah. like Dominic's room. Uh, I'm, we've we really got to start paying attention to identity theft. <laughs> this is like, this is twice now this has happened to us at WrestleTalk. Speaking of things happening to us multiple times, uh, how did you take the loss on last night's show? You know what? I'm just there to have fun, aren't I? So <laughs> I did not mind. Look, the, the horrible, genuine thing is, Every time, every time I think I'm, I'm, I might, you know, my mind goes, oh, I might not come last. And that will be fun in itself if it ever happens. But then my mind gets carried away with itself and thinks, well, you might come first. Wouldn't that be a story? <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, that could happen. But it's like all undone in the first three three questions when it's always the price is shite a a game that i thought was arbitrary i thought you just had to guess stuff but now i realize that you just have to have an in-depth knowledge of tat because that's all you have on me you just have a deeper knowledge of useless nostalgic objects and how much they're worth to other people like you oh so it's our fault is it I don't know. Maybe I should have just looked on eBay a bit before. (laughs) And also I thought, because I did really well on a memory round 
the the, the sort of pilot uh, Cinemania one that I that I won, <laughs> and I got about twelve there. I was really happy with that score, so I I used a similar method in the degeneration in the X game. game. The yeah, and uh, it, my mind just stalled again, and I couldn't remember a single freaking name. God, how good did Sean Ross Sapp do though? I think got like sixteen of them. Oh, that's insane. We are he's he's here for a while, I think. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be a while before we get rid of him. Uh but unfortunately we are gonna get have have to get rid of you, uh, because it's time for us to end this show. Uh I will be back tomorrow with the Friday magazine podcast show with Xenia. Uh I do apologize, I've clearly said that name very, very wrong. I do, do need you think to think it's Xenia? No, I actually did watch. I did watch her videos to work on my pronunciation of it, but I'm just quite bad at it. I'm going to have to have another quick watch of it before we actually go live with the episode, so I make sure I don't bollocks it up. Exenia Warrior Princess. That's the way. That's kind of about what I think it is. But anyway, mm-hmm. she's going to be on the show. She's good. She's great, and I'm really looking forward to having her on. Also, the NXT podcast will be out today. I'm trying to finish this before I sneeze. Take care, everyone. <laughs> Oh, no, oh that's either. it. You're fine. If you sneeze in front of me, God help <laughs> you. <laughs> Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Rattle, talk, rebel, blow and